Welcome back to Cocktails and Classics. I'm Dylan. Joining me, as always, is Ben. Hey. Hey, as always, except for last time. Yeah, except for last week. <laughs> when he's not traveling for work, it's Ben. And this week, we're tackling The Truman Show. Ben wanted to do a comedy. We kind of did a comedy. <laughs> What's weird to me about this movie? All right. I, I know this is out of the normal spiel of things. This movie's listed as a sci-fi movie, and I don't agree with it. It's kind of, maybe? I don't I don't know. Yeah, like, but I, you can't have that be the like predominant when it comes up. The first no. thing is like sci-fi, drama, comedy. Like, no, no. <laughs> it's a dramedy. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like the sci-fi aspect of it isn't even, especially now for the 2020s, it's not even that science fiction-y. What's sad is, uh, you know, when I was watching it, um, I mentioned to one of my coworkers, he was like, oh, you're watching The Truman Show? I was like, yeah. Um, I was like, is, I feel like this kind of like predated like true reality television almost. And now we're just like so far gone in this dystopian hellscape of reality television that this idea is honestly not that wild. I mean... There's that show on like TLC, Milf Manor, where it's a bunch of older women who are trying to get younger men. And the plot twist is it's their sons. <laughs> like that, that is like Truman Show. Like, I mean, at least the Truman Show was kind of classier than that, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's crazy to me is you mentioned that, but I remember in Thirty Rock they had the whole running joke of of a of a show on the network being called Milf Island, <laughs> and so now the fact that there's literally a real reality show called Milf Manor makes it just kind of insane that Thirty Rock was in the 2010s. It took ten years. That's how long it took to to devolve this far. My God. Is 30 Rock going to be the new Simpsons? Just going to predict everything? I mean, maybe. If it had ran for 50 fucking years, it could have. <laughs> I mean, my God. I like the Simpsons as much as the next. Well, I, I like I like the first like 10 or seasons of the Simpsons as much as the next guy. But come on. So to kick things off and get everybody in the right mood for the Truman Show, we're going to go to this week's cocktail. And we had talked about this. I think it was two-ish episodes ago we had kind of talked about um like spritzes having their their day and espresso martinis so this week we're doing an espresso martini reason being i was looking online and i was kind of looking at like chocolate themed cocktails because one of the things when we watch these movies i think and i'm like what did we drink what did we eat like what's like a theme and so in this movie um there's a, there's a lot of product placement in the movie, like blatant, like as a gag. And so um, Truman's wife in the movie, Meryl, multiple times, like turns to camera and like it's, mentions, I think it's Moco Coco. Uh, yeah. She's like, make this Moco Coco drink for me from the, the mountains of Nicaragua or something. <laughs> And so to go with that, I was looking at chocolate-themed cocktails. Um, and so there was an espresso martini, but you dust a little chocolate dust on top. And to get a little bit more chocolate, I had these, like, chocolate coffee bitters that I bought when I was in Jackson Hole. 
um, from like a little local spot. So I was like, oh, let me let me spruce it up a little bit, you know. I didn't even think to put. I have chocolate bitters. I didn't even think to to dash those in. Feel foolish now. Oh shit! This is bussin'. I said, <laughs> I said last time that I never had an espresso martini, but even what I feel like was just a half-assed one. It's fucking good. Now what? What were your what were your proportions? So I I did uh, I followed liquor.com over here. I did two ounces of vodka, a half ounce of coffee liqueur, one ounce of uh, I used just cold brew that I brewed in the fridge, and then a half ounce of simple syrup. And then I did like five drops of the coffee bitters, and then like just a light dusting of like I have like the Starbucks chocolate powder, like hot cocoa powder that I got yeah. from yeah costco or some shit i don't know but i just dusted that lightly on top yours sounds like the way to go mine was mine was i did it was two ounces of vodka half ounce of liqueur and a half ounce of coffee and that was it so my first sip i was like oh this boy got strong this boy got some kick i mean now that i'm i'm deeper into it i you know it's faded faded a bit but i mean it to, uh, so i was gonna say it, it kind of reminds me of like a white russian and that makes sense because i think isn't a white russian like two ounces of vodka an ounce of chocolate or coffee liqueur and an ounce of like heavy cream or milk yeah, or whatever something like that okay so it's like one ingredient swapped um yeah it, it, it reminds me of that a lot it with the chocolate though i think it adds a little extra dimension to it Maybe if you made a, do they have a white Russian with chocolate milk? Because maybe you'd be, I don't know, very close to this. I feel like I do. I didn't realize it was an espresso martini, but I've been doing like cold brew coffee with liqueur, some chocolate bitters for a while now. Uh, sometimes I'll even, if I'm feeling bougie, throw a little, a little bit of peanut butter whiskey in there too. The peanut butter with the chocolate bitters and the coffee kind of tastes like a little Reese's cup. Mm. yeah that shit slaps i had a plant-based reese's cup yesterday um was was pretty good actually the chocolate they, just tastes a little aren't they different. all plant-based i'm not sure i guess maybe like oh no it's the milk chocolate sorry it, so there's no, it's okay. like vegan at that point but gotcha okay um so it's it was like an oat chocolate. chocolate gotcha okay. Um, okay the chocolate tastes a little bit different but it was still pretty good. I'm sure it was like five. I didn't look at the price tag, um, but I'm sure it was like five bucks compared to like two fifty for the <laughs> the regular we two, a, two pack. We had a teacher in high school that would make homemade peanut butter cups, and I will say the only thing was that the chocolate was never like as it was never sweet enough chocolate. Like the chocolate always tasted too bitter, but otherwise pretty good. If you want to make yourself a espresso martini. Check the show notes below, get the recipe, and hit up the Gasker links to get some vodka, some coffee liqueur delivered directly to your door. You can check out The Truman Show on Showtime as a recording, um, because we're going to spoil it. The Truman Show is a 1998 uh, dramedy film. currently sits at an 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb. It's directed by Peter Weir, written by Andrew Nicole. It stars Jim Carrey, Ed Harris, Laura Liney, Noah Emmerich, Natasha McClone, Holland Taylor. Paul Giamatti's in there. Oh, that's right. Not as 
Not a star, but he is in there. Oh, let me tell you what my let me tell you what my wife said. This is fantastic. Um, she she wanted me to bring this up. I think she's gonna feel bad uh, that I did. So she walked down as I'm watching the movie. Looks, it's the scene, um, where uh, Truman and his buddy are talking. It keeps cutting back to Paul Giamatti and Ed Harris in the booth, and then back to those two just kind of whatever they're talking about, trying to figure out stuff, life stuff. I can't remember the exact part of the movie. My wo- my wife looks and goes, is, is that a young Will Ferrell? I'm like, what? No, no, it's not Will Ferrell. What are you talking? No, like the, the best way I could describe, uh, what is his name? It's uh, Noah Emmerich. I remember him. Uh, he was the assistant coach in Miracle. Okay, yeah. Uh, and he was on a show my wife and I loved called White Collar. For okay. anyone that, for the few people that probably remember watching that show. Um, I was like, no, he was like the bad guy in White Collar. And I'm explaining this to her. She's like, no, 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 not him. The other one. And I'm like, wait, what? Are you talking about Jim Carrey? Jim Carrey. Was, <laughs> yeah, that's the one from Bruce Almighty. I'm like, that's not Will Ferrell. At, at all so then paul giamatti comes on the screen and i said oh look and a young paul giamatti she goes oh yeah uh he was in that movie i'm like yeah he was in big fat liar she goes no no no. he was in secret agent cody banks with frankie munez i said no no That's he was big in fat big fat liar with frankie munez she goes wait was frankie munez in both of those <laughs> yeah well, he was in the one where he gets pushed in the pool and it dies in blue. Like, he, yeah, that's Big Fat Liar. Uh, I was like, where where are you right now? The Truman Show is the story of Truman Burbank, the star of The Truman Show, a 24-hour-a-day reality TV show that broadcasts every aspect of his life without his knowledge. His entire life has been an unending soap opera for consumption by the rest of the world and everyone he knows, including his wife and his best friend is really an actor paid to be part of his life. The Truman Show was nominated for three Academy Awards, Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Ed Harris, Best Director for Peter Weir, and Best Writing Screenplay written directly for the screen, Andrew Nicole, is the number 137th movie on the IMDb Top 250, and it is number 191 on Letterboxd. You'd seen this film before, right? I feel like you were a little surprised, so, that I had It had been a minute. We watched it in um maybe psychology and sociology it was a movie we we watched it in and then we had the whole discussion of like you know the morality of i guess like you know the idea of of someone not even knowing that they're part of a tv show was it is it is it a good thing or bad thing that whole you know discussion kind of Mm -hmm. the thought of like you know, he has the freedom to do whatever he wants, but not really. He's not really free, but he has everything he could ever want. Yeah, where, where uh, what does Kristoff say? Oh, he can leave anytime he wants. And then he tries to leave, and they're literally trying to drown him. Yeah, if he wants to leave bad enough, he could leave anytime he wants. So having not seen this film, I think I told you, like, it's kind of hyped up for me. I know it's on a lot of, like, so Letterboxd has been doing this thing where they do, like, four favorites. And they just ask people like, oh, like, what are your four favorites? Because that's like what their thing on your profile on their website is. 
And so people give their four favorites. And a lot of people have been saying the Truman show. And I'm like, whoa, like, and, and people reference it from time to time. So I, I kind of felt like it's super hyped up. It's going to be this awesome movie. And I'm kind of surprised I haven't seen this movie yet because it was actually really good. I read one review before I had watched the film and somebody said, not as funny as I remember, but that's not a bad thing. And I agree with that in the sense of it's labeled first as a comedy. (laughs) And it is definitely not really a comedy first, I feel like. There are humorous moments, but I feel like it's definitely more of a drama film first and foremost yeah this is a movie that and i knew that it wasn't like a slapsticker when you see jim carrey's name top billing this is not the movie you expect to get it had been a while i i think it's probably been since high school that i've actually watched the movie so it's been 11 years one i forgot how good jim carrey is in this movie like, again, for what you think of when you think Jim Carrey, and then you watch this movie, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. He actually, like, this is an emo- pretty, like, emotionally deep role that he kind of took and and really kind of ran with and did just so well making you believe it. And then in the, the end, when he, you know, his last words, his good afternoon, good evening, and good night, and then he just kind of turns and walks out, and you're just like, wow. I was not expecting him to like, I wasn't expecting to be like moved or impressed by that, but I was, I have to say. Have you, have you seen, um, have you seen man on the moon or, um, man on the moon is the one where he's Kaufman, right? Yeah. The Andy Kaufman movie. Yeah. Yes. I've seen it. I don't have any attachment to Andy Kaufman, so it didn't do much for me. I I know he was really good in it, and I've seen the documentary of of him like behind the scenes, where I would say I would have walked off that fucking movie about eight or nine times over if I were anyone else that had to deal with him while they were making that. And and have you seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? That one I've not seen. Okay, we should do that one next um, because both of those are like more serious. Um, yeah, Jim I, I remember. Movies. I know. I know. Man on the Moon is like him actually because you know he goes through the part. You know, it's the slapstick part of Andy Kaufman, and then he goes through the point where Andy Kaufman. I think it was was it leukemia? No, it was cancer, but I can't remember what type of cancer. Um, and it goes through a lot more of a serious. Sorry. To everyone who hasn't seen the movie Man on the Moon about a <laughs> or guy knows who knows Andy who, Kaufman's life. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm spoiling the life of someone who died probably a while before I was born. Um, but Andy Kaufman, who was famous for being in the TV show Taxi, and he was also a a pretty big stand-up comedian. Um, yeah. He was on SNL too, wasn't he? I maybe for like a year or two. I don't think he was on there for long. But anywho, yeah, uh, he was just kind of a weird dude. <laughs> uh, ended up getting sick and and going through. I mean, a lot of serious stuff later in his life. Um, well, yeah, I mean, but I remember watching that the documentary, and they were talking with um, Jerry Lawler. 
the the wrestler. He was like the commentary guy. Yeah. But I guess him and Andy Kaufman had like a wrestling match or something yeah. in the eighties. And he did the movie with Jim Carrey and he's like, I was ready to legitimately hurt this man. <laughs> and I tried explaining to because he never left character and I tried explaining to him, you do realize like off screen Andy wasn't like that. Andy and I were very friendly. We got along really well. He's like, but Jim was just an asshole the entire time as Andy Kaufman. And I legitimately wanted it. Like I legitimately wanted to wrap a chair around his head. (laughs) Damn. I think the best joke I've heard about the, the documentary about Jim Carrey. (laughs) That was Timothy Oliphant was on Conan O'Brien. And he said, he's like, yeah, uh, Jim Carrey talked about being in character through making the whole movie. I stayed in, I've, I'm always in character. I was in character the whole time I watched that movie. And you know what? My character hated it. <laughs> I thought going in that it would be a little more comedic. And there are very funny bits. I loved all the, that we talked about earlier, the like product placement that goes on in the movie. There's bits where like when Jim starts to, um, or I guess Truman starts to, realize what's going on a little bit when he tries to like go follow his wife and and it's like oh yeah um you know tell her i'm going to fiji and he's like starting to follow or when he locks his wife in the car and they try to like leave um there there are funny moments in the film but it is definitely more serious i love the rain scene where it's just raining over him and then he walks away and it like slowly tracks over to him and then just starts pouring everywhere (laughs) yeah 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 it's it's a lot more serious because it's you you feel bad and i kind of i'm like and and i'm sure this speaks this is kind of like satire and speaks to the people who watch these kind of like exploitive reality shows but like I was thinking while I was watching, I was like, does anyone ever feel bad for him besides the one girl who went on the show to like fall in love with him and tell him it's a thing? Cause I mean, at the end, you know, they're all cheering for him, but when it's going on, I'm like, dude, like they do show the couple of things where people have tried to like break. Although I don't think that was as much to tell him as much as it was to like, look at me. I'm famous. Get on TV. Um, But if you look at, and I can't remember what it was her name. Sil- Sylvie? Sylvia? Uh, Lauren? Yeah, but that wasn't her real name. Oh. Uh, remember, she tells him when she's getting in the car, my real name's not Lauren. It's I want to say she said it's Sylvia or something. Yes, it is. It is Sylvia. When they cut to her and she's having the conversation on the phone with Kristoff, you can see like all the posters in that. It says, like, protest, whatever. So I'm guessing like there's probably a decent-sized group that you know, a, a small vocal group. It would be one thing if, like, you know, there was a camera following you around and this and that, but, like, to literally be taken right from birth, stuck with a family that's not actually your family, like, that's just insane. That's the that's the perverse part, yeah, where it's like, oh, here's your parents. Also, one of them dies at one point, shows back up 20 years later and we rewrite him into the show because he keeps showing up and you're just like what the fuck dude i don't know like i like jim carrey um as far as his like comedic roles you know it's not my favorite kind of humor 
like I, I don't love like Ace Ventura, and he had a lot of like, in my opinion, misses in like the mid two thousands, like Yes Man, Fun with Dick and Jane, you know, like that sort of stuff. But oh, I definitely think he hit a point where he was not. I I also get it because again he was doing. I mean, you, you look at like what he was doing stand up wise, and then in Living Color. And then he was doing, you know, Ace Ventura, which I, I nostalgia love Ace Ventura, but I definitely understand that the humor is pretty, pretty immature. Even Dumb and Dumber. I don't love Dumb and Dumber. I don't think I've ever seen Dumb and Dumber. Just never seemed like. And I hate how I hate the Grinch movie. We talked about this. Like I, I, something about the makeup. I just don't like it. But like serious Jim Carrey movies, I love serious Jim Carrey movies. He's such a good actor and I feel like people always think of him as like this one, like he's a comedic actor, but I think he has such a range. And it's almost like um it's almost like Adam Sandler now who's had a couple more serious roles and it's like, oh damn, this guy is more than just the goofy dude in the room. I think I've read something where people have said that they've found that comedy actors transition to drama much easier than dramatic actors can transition into comedy because comedy is so hard people people act like comedies and like even horror movies they're that they're not like good movies but a good horror movie and a good comedy are really hard to do because the joke has to hit the scare has to hit and if it doesn't like you end up with every mediocre fucking epic movie or disaster movie, you know, like what I think even just the, the, I think the actors themselves just have to, I think people think dramatic acting sometimes is a lot harder than it is not saying that like everyone can do it, but I think if you're an actor at a high enough level doing stuff, that's more serious, I feel like is a bit easier than letting yourself be like the butt of the joke or trying to not trying to not be serious. So what did what did you think, Ben, on a rewatch? Because you said the last time you watched this was like probably college, probably high school, probably high school. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. I think I watched it in in like junior year of high school, maybe. On a rewatch again, and and so I remember, I remember my mom watching this movie when I was a kid. I think she had rented it on VHS. Honestly, probably around the time it came out on VHS. And I watched like parts of it, but didn't know what the heck was going on. uh, Because I was way too young to try to follow it. But then I remember watching it in high school. And I think this time around, one, the product placement stuff stuck out to me so much more. I think it's one of those movies that you tend to remember the overarching idea of it. You know, guy doesn't know he's stuck in a TV show. um, Is trying to, to escape in that. But I kind of forgot how much the seriousness of like, he's afraid of the water because he lost his dad and like, he's afraid to do this. And he's, you know, also the effort that they go through to like trick him. But then I think the other thing I really forgot is how many dumb fucking mistakes they make to basically like come right out and tell him he's on a goddamn TV show. Yeah, like they, they kind of get lazy. <laughs> they get to the radio and then there's he just walks in and you can see the fucking craft service table behind a wall. <laughs> and they just they just close the wall like they're just like, oh, nothing to see here. 
I'm like, uh, no, that's pretty freaking obvious, man. Like, you literally are on the radio tracking where he is, but you can't figure out to, like, oh, he's walking into a building. We should probably make sure that everything's ready to go. Just seems weird to me. Uh, I was kind of wondering, like, was somebody doing that, or did they just fuck up? I feel like they just... I feel like it was a mix of, one, he, like, Truman just kind of decided to go off script for what his day-to-day, you know, oh, he doesn't go in, he doesn't go in this building, so, like, you know, we can kind of set, and then it was like, oh, he's walking by, oh, shit, he's walking in here right now, instead of, you know, what he was supposed to be doing. So I think that is a is a big part of it. Ooh. Why am I yawning? Jesus Christ, it's not even 9 o'clock. This man hasn't drank enough espresso martini over here. I have not. I only had one cup of coffee today, too. That's probably my problem. I normally live that, like, half pot of coffee life because I need it. This man's got kids. <laughs> <laughs> got a son that wakes me up at 5-something in the morning. Ooh. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's at that. he's at that wonderful stage now. Yeah, I think I forgot some of the seriousness of, like, the, the stuff that happens throughout. So I, I remember parts of it, but the emotion, the emotion that it kind of takes you through, or, like, when he snaps at Meryl, and, like, then all of a sudden, like, he's got her at, like, the weird knife point. You're just like, oh, shit. <laughs> the, uh... I did not remember this getting, like, this heavy to the point of, like, <laughs> he is literally losing his mind. Like, I remember him wanting to leave and wanting to go to Fiji and everything like that, but I never remembered the part of it where he was just, like, loses it. And yeah, what was it? The the peeler scraper? The peeler cutter something all in <laughs> one? Yeah. We've talked about, like, Jim Carrey as well, but Ed Harris's character in this is, is so good but bad at the same time. Like, Ed Harris does a great job at the, in the role. But his, his character is such an asshole as, like, this dude playing God, basically. Yeah, and I will say I did love the symbolism of where they finally get to that point where he, like, he's like, let me talk to him. And he's just like, Truman, you can talk to me. And he's just, like, looking up in the sky like he's actually talking to God. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, what, 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 it, what is all of this? This is a TV show. What, what, who am I? You're the star. It's just like, man, yeah. It's like he's having a conversation with God. Who is this? This is the creator. Anytime someone refers to themselves as a creator, the creator, automatically a douche, right? I don't think there's anyone that's like, I'm the creator, that you're like, oh, this guy seems like a normal dude. This dude this definitely isn't full of himself. <laughs> That was the, I, I wanted to check IMDb. He talks to that guy on the TV show. Was that Harry Shearer? Yes. Oh, it was. I called it. I told my wife, I'm like, I think that's Harry Shearer. And she goes, who the hell is that? Like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's fair. That's fair. If you, if you aren't, if you don't follow the Simpsons and, and you don't know like Spinal Tap or anything like that, like, yeah, it does kind of. <laughs> it doesn't really mean much, but okay, cool. All right, all right. I'm proud of myself catching catching <laughs> Harry Shearer in the wild. For having not seen this movie, I don't know if it was like watching TikToks or just like 
I mean, I've ingested so much fucking like film, cinematography, like media in my lifetime. The like, good morning, and if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Like I, that bit, the end scene where he like hits the wall and like is walking along with the water edge. Like all of that is like, I've seen all of that and I like knew it. And when I saw it happen, I was like, oh shit, that's from this movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, this movie has those like iconic moments that you didn't really realize, you know, that were in there. Well, that was even like the rain. Like I said, the rain scene, I was like, I feel like I've seen them do that in other things too, where it's kind of been like the play on that, where it just kind of rains over one person. Um, and as they move, it just kind of tracks them. But yeah, there is a lot of of things that definitely did become either parodied or just used in in I don't know what I don't know that it was really ever like memes of it, but like I, I do know the the thing of him walking along along like the edge of the the edge of the world really has has been used in a bunch of different stuff i loved the um when they're sitting there and they're talking and like all of a sudden his wife tries to get him to go to bed and the two security guys are just like you never see anything anyways like how much like you're just tuning in to watch the man sleep like it's like oh man I can't sleep. It's like three o'clock in the morning. I guess I'll turn on the Truman show and see what's going on. Oh, what do you know? Truman's just sleeping. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. The, um, or like the old ladies who have the like pillow. They're just like sleeping at one point. <laughs> You're like, Is yeah, this... well, they're just sleeping when he's sleeping with the TV on. Wait, what? This is interesting. Um, kind of makes sense though ed harris and jim carrey never melt met during the filming i mean i would believe it they're never on screen together yeah well that's why i'm like okay it makes sense like that they didn't meet but like damn <laughs> like they never would they were never on set at the same time i guess i love the the trumania bit when truman draws on the mirror with soap was completely improvised they said in another take he drew long curly hair in a dress that's interesting. Truman was supposed to be just out of high school, but since Jim Carrey was in his 30s, it got swapped from teenaged angst to more of a midlife crisis. I feel like this movie would be way more interesting if Truman was a teenager. Yeah, but I'm like, who? What I was going to say was I, I'd be interested to see who else was considered for the role. I don't know. I wonder if he was signed on that early. Oh, Jim Carrey was his first choice. Okay. Do you see the one that said, according to a 2008 New York Times article, psychologists in Britain and the U.S. reported a number of people experiencing Truman Syndrome or the Truman Show Delusion, the belief that they are the unwitting star of their own reality TV show. Reportedly, many afflicted specifically mentioned the film in therapy. More recently, on September 16, 2013, the detailed account of one Ohio student who suffered from years of the Truman Show delusion was documented in the New Yorker magazine's article Unreality Star by Andrew Morantz. I remember hearing about that because I think that would have been what, 2008. I think that was a couple years before I took, before we, we did the whole, like we watched the movie in school. And I th yeah. think that was also talked about 
because I think when we talked about it in psychology, that was another thing that like we talked about with it was uh, the fact that people like people believed that they that was like a, a new ish. Although I, I guess it's really like a, a thing of schizophrenia. But one of the big things of delusions was people believing they were the star of like a TV show, or, like people were watching them. Huh. This is interesting. Dennis Hopper was the original, originally cast as Kristoff, but walked off set after his first day. He later went on to a supporting role in Ed TV, uh, which is a movie that's kind of similar, where a video store clerk agrees to have his life filmed by a camera crew for a TV show. Yes, I've heard of Ed TV. I looking at it, I was like, I don't think I've heard of this. But then I looked at the thing for it and I see the poster and I'm like, actually, I do think I've seen that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's Matthew McConaughey. The original script was darker and had crucial differences from the shooting draft. The city was not a utopian society, but there were staged criminal incidents. Truman had a drinking problem. It stated clearly that Truman makes love to his wife. Kristoff's intention was that Truman was to have Merrill impregnated and the child would carry on the show. There were more clues that helped Truman realize the truth. The scene where Truman confronts Merrill was far more aggressive. Finally, and most importantly, after Truman passes the door, he meets Kristoff and the main cast members on a rooftop. While in the film, the story ends with Truman's exit from the fake world and the encounter at the rooftop, which was in the script, the actors stare at him sheepishly, but Truman, in his rage, attacks Kristoff and tries to strangle him, but the rest of the actors hold him back. He is finally reunited with Sylvia. Huh. Damn. That's pretty dark. Ben had seen this film, but I had not. So you're going to get one fresh review and one nostalgia rating and an updated rating. I'll go first. Yeah, you have to. You're the goob. I'm the goob. The sole goob. Yeah, I know I talked about up front that this movie was kind of hyped up. But then looking at like IMDb and Letterboxd and it only being in like the 130s, 190s respectively on IMDb and Letterboxd, I'm, I'm surprised. I really enjoyed this one. I think it's, uh, you know, they advertise it as a comedy, but I don't think it's quite a comedy. Jim Carrey kills it. I think this was a role perfect for him. His quirky kind of humor, uh, zany yet serious persona that he does so well fits perfectly with this idea and this movie. I think this movie hits a little harder. Like I said, the one review I, I read, not so much as funny now, but more so like, the idea and the concept of this 24-hour reality show about somebody from birth till death in this perverse reality show world we live in fits so much well like it, it's more it's more poignant today i would say even though it's they're a more fitting social commentary now than it yeah. was when the movie was made yeah yes exactly all of the supporting cast does really well never in this movie was i like man this is really taking me out of it which is funny because that's kind of like what the movie is about. <laughs> it's like getting taken out of the, uh, seeing how the sausage is made sort of, uh, so to say. 
I mentioned that there's so many iconic like scenes and shots in this film End scene is so beautiful and there's so many moments of this film that are just kind of like beautiful where they like sit in the moment and you're like damn I kind of forget that this is a comedy sort of and I really enjoy this one I'm I'm excited to watch this one again I'm not gonna rush and watch it but I definitely will watch it soon again and get like another chance to digest this one I'm going to give this one a 9 out of 10. I think this lived up to the hype, and I think it was better than, honestly, what I was hyped up for me. Highly recommend it. I feel like most people I talk to, I know I was shocked that you hadn't seen it, but if it weren't you, like, obviously we started this whole podcast because Cam hadn't seen a lot of movies. If Cam would have told me I've never seen the Truman Show, I would have been like, yeah, okay. And the sky is blue. <laughs> are we just are we just stating things that are that are true? I don't I don't know. <laughs> when you said you hadn't seen it, I was kind of surprised. But I think I had this movie probably around like a seven going into it. I like I said, I remembered the plot. I remembered the overall. I wouldn't say there's nostalgia for this movie. I think this is a movie that if you don't rewatch right away, when you go back and watch it you'll find yourself probably rediscovering things that even though you probably did catch them when you watched it the last time you're catching them again. And it feels like you're catching them for the first time, which is something I really enjoy about movies. I don't want a movie to be forgettable, but I like it when rewatching it after a period of time, you don't know everything. And there's still something that, you know, like the product placement. I'm sure I, I'm sure I remembered it. I'm, sh- I'm sure I caught on to it when I watched it the first time, but watching it this time around, I was like, man, that, that really kind of pulls at you for, you know, the clue of like, hey, this should be pretty telling. If we're witnessing it twice in like a, a one-week span, how often is his wife doing this? How often is she just the product placement person? <laughs> yeah. Or his friend. He's like, now that's a beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The more I see about Jim Carrey, his personality fits so well with playing that type of character. We're like, yes, he's goofy and he's slapstick and, you know, he's got this upbeat personality, but behind the scenes is a little bit, there's more going on than just what you're getting out of the, you know, the clown. There's, There's a lot under the makeup. He shines through really well in this movie. Huge props to to him. Eight and a half out of ten. Good movie. Highly recommend. If you haven't seen it, check it out. If you have seen it and it's been a minute, give it a rewatch. Because there's probably some things in there that you don't remember or you just you just missed the first time around. And it's worth going back and and trying to catch some stuff. If you enjoyed this, don't forget to rate, subscribe. Check us out on Instagram at Cocktails and Classics Pod and check out the new website, www.cocktailsandclassicspod.com. Hit the show notes below. If you want to make an espresso martini, hit the casker links. Get yourself some vodka and some uh, coffee liqueur delivered directly to you. Uh, Share us with your friends and family. Rate us. Subscribe us. Please leave a rating. It really helps us out. Review us. We would be Greatly appreciated wherever you listen. And uh, check us out next time. As always, watch responsibly.